You know it's time to do it major. Here's to the hustlers, the movers and shakers. Get up on your grind. Don't let the haters get ya. I know that you got a vision. Now it's time to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Giving you the tools, helping you to grow. Level up, time to shine like you never did before. Let them know. More than a podcast, it's a mindset. You can do anything, you just gotta keep grinding. Let's go. The Entrepreneur Adventure. Hey, the Entrepreneur Adventure. You ready? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we give both new and veteran entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Please welcome our guest and host, the serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown, as he discusses the basics for successfully starting a side gig of your own. And with that, I'll turn it over to our host, the Serial CFO. What's up, entrepreneurs? Guess what? This is a solo edition of the Entrepreneur Adventure. We call this the Serial CFO Show. This is where I come to you with no co-host, with no Mr. Melton. I'm coming to talk about things related to taxes and finance and business that most people hate dealing with or talking about. That's why we don't have a co-host. That's why we don't have a guest. That's why we're doing it around the Serial CFO Show, which is my brand on Instagram. Check it out. Sharing lots of tax tips, those things. Today on the Serial CFO Show and this special edition of the Entrepreneur Adventure, we're going to talk about starting a side gig the structure behind it, what should you do, what do I need to do, what's my compliance. If you have a business that's uh, in the first year or two and you don't know what you should be doing, if you're thinking about starting a business, if you're thinking about leaning into a side gig, these are the most common questions I get from my consulting appointments and from my clients going that route. I'm just going to share those things with you and help guide you through that process and make things easier and give you more confidence to go the route of starting a business or starting a side gig or growing your business. So here's what you need to know. It's pretty simple in the beginning. If you're thinking about starting a business, if you're thinking about going down a side gig route, you really don't have to do anything in the first year except file a tax return. And it can be on your personal return. You don't have to have any special licensing. You don't have to have an LLC. You don't have to have anything in place uh, from an IRS registration standpoint. You can start a business today, start billing people, start making money, and you don't have to do anything except include it on your personal tax return when you file in the spring. So green light, go do, try whatever you want to do. But you don't want to stay that way. There's disadvantages to stay that way. But let's say you start out that way. All you need to do is track your income and expenses for whoever's handling your taxes come the spring. It's called a Schedule C on your personal tax return. It all goes together. And you're tracking your income and you're tracking your business expenses. And for somebody like me that would be handling your taxes all we need is year-end numbers and categories. I need to know, all right, I made this much for my business. This was my income or my revenue. This was the amount I spent on advertising. This was the amount I spent on office expenses. These were my startup costs. This is what I spent on labor. This is what I spent on utilities. This was my cell phone bill. This was my mileage. That's it. 
If you start a business today, you start making money, you start having clients, it could be the online space, it could be the service industry, it could be all sorts of different things. From an IRS and an income tax standpoint, all you have to do is track your income and expenses and include it on your tax return when you file in the spring. Nothing really on the front end. Now, there's some other stuff, sales tax if you're selling products, payroll taxes if you're hiring employees and and running payroll, but most people don't start out there. So we're going to ignore that for this episode. So really, you got the green light to move forward, start a business today, track things, turn in on your taxes, you're good. Now, you do need to save detail for that. Um, that being receipts or details behind purchases or invoices, you're probably going to never need it. But if the IRS asks, you want to have majority of your receipts or invoices of where that money was going. For example, you go spend $400 at Office Depot on a chair for your house, for your home office. You can write that off. You can write that entire thing off. But you need a receipt so they know you didn't go buy 500 bucks worth of Snickers bars at Office Depot. Or you stopped by the gas station and filled up with $70 worth of gas uh, to drive around for your business. The IRS is going to want to see a receipt if you were audited to show you bought gas and didn't buy 70 bucks worth of beer, convenience store wine, whatever it may be. The odds of getting audited are really, really slim. You're probably never going to need those things, but you save them for three years anyway because that's kind of the audit period in the statute there. If you did need them, you got access to them. You can scan them. You can take pictures of them. You can throw them in a shoebox. doesn't really matter. You just need some proof at the end of the day and that rare, rare chance, which is less than 1%, 2 3% that you would be audited. Now, that's it. You start a business, no business license, none of that. You ain't got to register with the state. Uh, you're just starting and making money, and that's all you got to do. But I mentioned earlier you don't want to stay that way, and this gets into what I talk to most business owners about in initial meetings or entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting a business. Once you get to around ten dollars or $15,000 of revenue, or once you start getting into the profit of ten dollars to $15,000 profit, you want to start looking at changing that structure. You want to look at doing an LLC that has an S-Corp tack on to it. So an LLC is a state registration. That's with the state of Georgia. It buys you liability protection. It gets you a name reservation. It gets you some more protective features. It makes you essentially a legit business inside the state you're operating in. All the LLCs are reciprocal in other states. You can start doing business in other states. And then on top of that, you get a tax ID number with the IRS, and you do what's called an S election for an S corp. Now, that is where your tax benefit comes in. The LLC gives you the liability protection. It helps protect you personally from lawsuits or things that could go on in the business, offers another layer of protection for you. The S corp and the IRS side is where the tax benefit comes in. There's no such thing as an LLC tax return. That confuses most people. If you're an LLC, you still have to choose how to file, which is can be a Schedule C on your personal return. It can be a partnership. It can be an S-Corp. It can be a C-Corp. We love S-Corps. All my businesses or majority of them are S-Corps. Uh, 90% of all our clients that are in the business space are S-Corps. Um, it is the best vehicle for tax savings, lower audit rates, and flexibility from a small business standpoint. And why don't we do an S-Corp? It's easy. 
S-Corps don't pay Social Security and Medicare. That's 15.3% of profit. If you run your business through a Schedule C on your personal tax return and you make a hundred grand profit, you're going to pay not only state and federal income tax. Let's say that's 24% Fed, 6% state, that's 30%, that's 30 grand in taxes on a hundred grand. That's just the start. Social Security Medicare is 15.3%. That takes you from paying 30% taxes to over 45% taxes. You profit 100 grand, your taxes are now 45 grand. But by doing the S Corp, you can knock that out just like that. Now, there is some caveats. Um, if you're an owner inside the business, you're doing all the work. You need to take a salary or a payroll, or we need to allocate some on the tax return back to the Schedule C personal side. But when you switch over to the S Corp, it's essentially the same requirements that I talked to you about earlier. You got to track income and expenses and you need to be doing it monthly. Now, how you track that is completely up to you. You can do it in an Excel spreadsheet. You can do it in a notepad. You can use QuickBooks, which I highly recommend desktop or online version. There's all sorts of apps. There's other accounting software. You just need reports teaching you what your income and expenses are each month and tracking it for a tax return so you can do your year-end numbers when it's time to do that. Now, with an LLC S-Corp, you got to file two tax returns. You file a business return and a personal return, but it all flows together on a global picture on the personal return. The S-Corp return doesn't pay any taxes. It flows any profits or any losses to the personal and all works together, and this is awesome because you avoid a lot of the Social Security and Medicare tax on the S-Corp return and that profit. It flows to the personal to work with your W-2 salary, your other income, your rental losses if you have them, your child credits, um, anything you're writing off, mortgage interest, charitable contributions, all those things on the personal side and getting all the benefits of the personal tax brackets and rates. And so it is a win all the way around. It's a way to structure your business becomes more legit, you pay less taxes, and it protects you more. And the S-Corps allow for a tremendous amount of flexibility. It allows for shareholders. You can sell shares. You can give employees percentage ownership. Uh, you can bring in investors. You can move money in and out. And this is the hardest thing for young entrepreneurs to realize when it comes to taxes and business you taking money out of your business or out of your business account has no impact on taxes. It doesn't make a difference. Let's go back to this example we talked about earlier. The business makes a hundred grand profit. If you've got a business checking account or you've got money sitting aside in an account and it's a hundred grand profit, if you don't take any money out personally out of that business this year, you're still paying taxes on a hundred grand. Or if you take all the money out, you're still paying taxes on a hundred grand. All the IRS cares about in these type of businesses is income minus expenses equals profit. And that profit is what you're paying taxes on minus some ghost deductions like depreciation and mileage and different things we can use. But whether you take the money out, whether you move money in and out, you as an owner take money out every week, every month, every quarter, 
take $10,000 out, take $100,000 out, your taxes stay the same. So the movement of money from you personally in and out of the business doesn't have any tax impact. And that's something to understand from a business standpoint and something that'll help guide you there. Also, when it comes to things, I get a lot of questions on the tax side around quarterly or estimated payments. It's like, now I own a business. Should I, am I supposed to be paying quarterly? Am I supposed to be sending money in? What do I do? So you got two things to know when you hear people talking about quarterly payments. Number one, most of that is around payroll. If you have true employees, their own W-2, you take out taxes, you're jumping through all the hoops from a payroll standpoint. And if you have that, it's a pain, by the way. It sucks. But it's a part of business. I highly recommend going with an advanced platform of technology. ADP has an awesome one. It's pretty inexpensive. They can run payroll. It's all on the phone. It's an app. They pay all the taxes. They have all the quarterly filings. But on the payroll side, you have something called quarterly reports. These have to be done. These are payroll reports. There's multiple ones, ones that go to the IRS, ones that go to the state, ones that go for Social Security and Medicare, um, DOL, all sorts of different things there. So when you hear quarterlies, most of that is around payroll and having employees. The other side of quarterly or estimated payments is as a business owner or as somebody making profit from somewhere, you're not paying in any taxes during the year. So you're going to have to write a heck of a check come March or April when you file your tax return if you've made a bunch of money and hadn't paid any money in all year. So the IRS has what's called estimated payments. Instead of writing a $10,000 check in April, you can choose to pay $2,500 a quarter and just pay it during the year or pay it as you make it instead of getting to the end and writing a $10,000 check. Now, I have clients that fall into two completely different camps. One of them is, screw that. I want to hold on to my money. I want to use it in my business or I want to invest it. I don't want to send it to the IRS early. I'm fine writing a $10,000 check at the end of the year. And that's totally fine. The IRS is going to penalize you a little bit. It's not very much in most cases. 60 bucks, 80 bucks, maybe 100 to hold on to your money all year. You don't have to do quarterly payments. You can choose not to. You can take this mindset. You will get penalized a little bit, but most people are okay with that. They'd rather have the money and utilize it during the year and keep it in their pocket. Now, the other camp of clients I have, they're a completely opposite mindset. They say, oh my God, I don't want to get penalized anything. I don't want to hear from the IRS. I want to send them money every quarter. You do that through estimated vouchers that your CPA, tax preparer, or accountant prepares for you. It's quick. It's easy. You can do it via mail. You can do it online. You can do set amounts each quarter, or you can do it based on your financials of what you're making and your tax rates and projections. You can decide how involved to get. But all you're doing is choosing to send money into the IRS early, and they're going to hold it for you and true it up and tie it all out when you file your tax return. You don't file anything quarterly. You don't do taxes quarterly. You're just sending in money early. And that's great for some people because they don't want to get penalized or they don't want to write a big check. Or to be frank, they're just not great with money. If they got $10,000 in their account in November, they're probably going to do something stupid with it. 
So it needs to get out of their hands. It's not their money. It's money that needs to be sent in for taxes. So no matter what you choose there, it's your personal preference. It's your decision. So you can use that to guide you. And that, my friends, sums up the basics behind starting a side gig or starting a business or growing a business. You don't have to do anything from the start except track your income and expenses um, and file a tax return. Once you're growing, once you're getting to a certain level, you can always swap over to an LLC and an S-Corp, start building things from there, getting the tax benefits and all the things that go along with the advantages of being an S-Corp, lower audit rates, um, retirement plan options, all sorts of different opportunity to get into from there. So with that, I will wrap up this episode of the Serial CFO Show. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope I've helped answer your questions and give you some confidence to go out there and start your business or grow your business or know, hey, this is not near as scary as I thought. It's actually pretty easy and I can start my business and start making money today. Have a great rest of the week and I will talk to you next week. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.